Good morning. Welcome to the Celtic Way Morning Briefing Live. <laughs> Still smiling. There you have it. I'm Tony Haggerty at a Haggerty 10 Twitter handle, as you all know by now. And I'm joined today by Aidan McDonald at Aidan C. McDonald. How are you, Aidan? You well? Yeah, I'm good, Tony. How are you? Good, good, good. You were telling me off air. I hope your father sobered up from uh, <laughs> Sunday. Yes, indeed. Getting rid of his hangover. Hope you're all right, my friend. Uh, take it easy. But <clears throat> I'm sure you are. I'm sure I'm sure you can smile your way through your day, Mr. McDonald. But there you go. Now, as we always do, first things first every morning, we ask you, if you haven't already, to subscribe to the Celtic Way website and support top quality football journalism covering the club you love. And it will cost you, for the click of a button, £2 for two months of unlimited access to everything that we do on the site. Something there for everybody. Aidan will go through that in a second, as he always does. But click that button, guys, www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. That's www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And we thank everybody that's already done that. We've got a nice wee community here, and it's growing, and it's growing fast. So we say thank you to the subscribers and all the commenters who come in every day and watch, watch the show and put their own comments in the comment section. And we also say thank you to our sponsors, Seneca Medical Group. I'll just flick that up, Aidan. There we are. And the Celtic Way Warning Briefing is now sponsored by Seneca Medical Group. And Seneca, as you all know now, are the number one hair transplant company in Europe. And they offer innovative hair restoration treatments. And you can find out more about Seneca via the links in the description of this video. Now, we thought it might be a wee bit quiet today, Aidan, that kind of midweek day on the brow of the hill not much to talk about but hey there's always something to talk about in the land of the leather belts the fuzzy felts the marjorie prips so here we go Aidan <clears throat> Ange Postacogo's second league cup success in the spin it's been a it's a big deal for a lot of people especially back home lots of people getting involved and bigging them up and saying some wonderful things about them just give you a flavour here I've written an article about it, and I'll put the put it into the comment section here, and you can read that. It's on the site. There you go. There it is. But you'll see some of the things that people are saying. First and foremost, South Melbourne get in and the act, Aiden. They said we told you our boy was good. <laughs> Can't argue with that, can you? Now they were bang on, to be fair, Tony, because they were. <laughs> Very much uh, pushing Ange from really as soon as he got announced. That was one of the sort of main accounts that people went to, wasn't it? To yeah. get to see, you know, old pictures of Ange or maybe previous interviews or footage when obviously he was in charge of that team. So, yeah, it was good to see them getting involved. And I think that's, I always remember like following them on social media. It's always good because even like throughout the season and that, when it's maybe not a significant game, we'll always like be posting some sort of Android yeah. content. I think they, Posted that photo of him with like, the moustache and that. Uh, <laughs> like one of the first times I know it's probably been shared like lots now. I mean, it's probably available on t shirts and places now. But when he first joined, that was the sort of one that I remember people going, Oh, it's an interesting one. So, yeah, yeah, that, that is a, that's an account well worth following if anybody uh, hasn't already. Yes. And uh, the Australian media outlet Optus Sport also tweeted to Toast Postacoglu's success. And Optus Sports said, Ange Postacoglu just wins. Celtic win the Scottish League Cup again. Ange has now won three out of four domestic trophies available to him as Celtic manager. 
Glasgow is green and white. They seem to be on messaging on point Aiden as well, up to spot. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what you want to be hearing, to be fair. And once again, they're another one that's bang on with that, Tony. Yeah. And friend of the show, Vince Gary, who's an Australian soccer enthusiast and a Sydney Herald sports writer, <laughs> he had two words, Aiden. It's quite good. Statue, when? <laughs> that was Vince Gary's. Uh, I actually quite liked that. I thought that was very funny. So big up to Vince. Uh, I'm sure he watches the show and he's got in touch a couple of times over DM, but statue when, Aidan? <laughs> Get it right out the front, Tony. Do you know what I mean? I've got no doubt about that. Uh, maybe, man, all joking aside, maybe still a wee bit away from uh, statue yeah. material, but another another good comment. And just as, as we're going through these, I do wonder maybe how much Andrew's seen of it, because I know he's spoken about before when he was Australian manager that he maybe felt he wasn't getting, not yep. that he was looking for praise, but he maybe felt sometimes the criticism was a bit harsh or not even criticism, but maybe there just wasn't enough focus on what was happening. So the fact that he's obviously managing another country and it's getting a lot of press, I'd imagine will probably please him. Yeah, and the iSuzu U2E A-League account tweeted, congratulations to both Postacoglu and Aaron Moy. And the message read simply, Ange Postacoglu, Aaron Moy, Scottish League Cup champions. How bloody good. <laughs> the pair of A-League greats collected their crowns with Celtic FC after overcoming fierce rivals Rangers at Hattenden Park. And uh, Scott McDonald, former Celtic striker, uh, Australian internationalist, just said this, Ange getting lucky again. <laughs> so there you go. So, but back home, it's a big deal back home. Everybody's delighted for him. And uh, yeah, and we're delighted to have him, Aidan, basically. Yeah, I'm not really well there, Tony. Obviously, can't really get enough of Ange at the moment, given how uh, excellent he's been since he came at the club and taking it to another level this season. And obviously, there's a lot of football left to be played as well. So, if we're Getting a big media reaction now, I can only imagine what it's going to be like if everything goes to plan, May sort of start a June time. Yeah, I mean, it's just great to, to see that reaction from uh, you know, former players and, and people back in his homeland because he, he is a big deal and he is having tremendous success uh, and it's excellent that they, they're now bigging him up. But uh, South Melbourne in particular, I quite like that and I, I did like Vince Ugari's, the, the statue. As you say, maybe a bit early for that kind of talk, but... Well, Anne said himself, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this, Aidan, that would be surprised at the length, the length of time that he stays for. And then he also said that no doubt some journalist will write that he lacks ambition, but doesn't seem like a man that's in a hurry to leave, Aidan, or to jump ship at any time soon. No, not at the moment. And I know we have kind of discussed, you know, what's he going to do with a contract and that. Then you and Sean have both kind of pointed out Regularly, this is kind of the way Andrew's worked really in a lot of his jobs, maybe doing a rolling contract or like, you know, a two-year contract or whatever. He's not really one to sign big long-term deals because he kind of focuses on the here and now. But with Celtic, he, he has kind of spoken about having another crack at the Champions League, hasn't he? Now, whether that would only mean he was here another season after this, uh, hopefully, I think everybody would hope he was here for as long as possible, but... I think at least for another 12 months anyway, Tony, he's spoken about wanting to develop the team more and really sort of make a mark in Europe, which I, I, I don't know if I could see him getting to do that chance where a team if he was to leave in the near future. I don't know how likely that would be, be for a team that have guaranteed Champions League football. So assuming Celtic win the league, which fingers crossed they will, I, I think the sort of European project and building from that point of view is 
based off just what that manager said himself, you know, that's not as speculating. Even before these recent comments about his own future, he'd spoken about wanting to kind of get the club to the stage where it's not just an achievement to be in the Champions League, you want to be in and sort of reaching the knockout stages and to an extent competing. So I, I, that makes me think at the very least, Tony, Andrew will be sticking around in the near future. I spoke about that yesterday, Aidan, saying that that's the next big hurdle for him. doesn't want to just compete in the Champions League and get two draws from six in group matches. He wants to actually win group matches, you say, hopefully make the knockout phase if they can, failing that, make a real dent in a competition like the Europa League. I still see that as his big goal and nothing dissuades me from thinking that he might stick around for a while to try and achieve that. But we're talking about succession planning as well. And I like him to do the, the Liverpool boot room. I think he wants to oversee that when, if he ever eventually, he will eventually leave, obviously. But the, the, the blueprint that he set for success is not just ripped up and torn asunder by whoever comes in next. And I think that's important to myself and Sean and lots of self supporters, and obviously probably yourself as well, that that kind of it becomes a seamless transition and that he's involved in the selection process for whoever comes in so they can continue on that work. Yeah, that is kind of how modern football clubs and successful teams are on nowadays, Tony, isn't it? Though it's not because ma- anything can happen. Away, man. Big Just clubs, big clubs. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you, you don't want to be at the stage that the manager even saw everything gets pulled from underneath. Like what happened to Brendan Rodgers? To be blunt, obviously he did take a good chunk of his staff with him, and maybe that wouldn't happen to an extent again because obviously he brought so many staff in. Whereas Andrews brought in, you know, Harry Kew, Anton McElhone. Uh, ahead of data, but overall, a lot of the kind of staff weren't behind the scenes we were kind of there before. So maybe that wouldn't happen if Andrews to move on. But uh, yeah, you want to be in a position that as a seamless transition, like you said. And I know it is all well and good us saying that. It's another thing of Celtic of actually putting that in place. But I think we are kind of hoping that with the transfer business, for example, that's sort of a key that Celtic are doing things a bit more differently than efficiently than they were. Maybe you know two, three, four years ago, or even in terms of transfer business, when Rogers was there, as much as he was a brilliant manager, I think really after that first season, nobody would say the transfer business was, was that great. You brought in still some good players, and we brought in Edward and that, etc. But some of it was a a bit lackluster, and then you know buying loads of guys on loan and losing players in the last day of the window and things like that. It seems like that is something that clubs moving away from. So the fact they're doing that, that would be the hope that when it does come to uh, the manager moving on, that it's a more efficient process from that perspective as well. Plenty of comments coming in. Jamie, 7121, she's just a feeling, but you think Ange will have at least two more years. H1 saying Ange is all about loyalty. Pete McGee, or, or sorry, someone else came in, say the buckled Furby. Totally agree. The big man's building something special. It's Celtic. Uh, yeah. So, I uh, I mean, we, as I say, we spoke about that yesterday and talked about how you can speculate how long he's going to be here for. The manager himself said, you'll be surprised how long I'm here for. So, you take him at face value on that, don't you, Sean? Uh, Aidan? Sean, I nearly called you there, eh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You do kind of take him at face value, really, because... At the way he spoke since he's came in, everybody's bought in. So if we were sort of buying in so much to an extent and then not believing him when he was speaking here, we would kind of be contradicting ourselves. So, yeah, I, I do hope. I mean, I'm not naive. Evans keeps being successful. 
particularly does well in Europe next year. Now, what exactly that constitutes, I don't know. But for example, if Celtic win the league, qualify for the Champions League, and you know, you're in the knockout stages, that would be the first time anybody's done that since Neil Lennon in 2012 13. And if it was to progress even more than that, that would be, you know, one of the best performances in the sort of Champions League slash European Cup for decades, really. So if that was to happen, then that's going to highlight even more. But I, I like to think he was, he's going to stick around for a couple of years, Tony, anyway. I, I just think his timing was priceless as well after the winning of the Cup and those comments, just to put an even bigger smile on the Celtic supporters' faces. You know, and, uh, kind of, and the, the dot, dot, dot was... You got. I know you're going to link me with every job this summer. <laughs> the sign says "Don't walk." Right thing, you know. So I think it was a. He knows what he's doing. He's a clever, clever, clever man. I've said that before. And the devil's in the detail. You have to open your ears, don't you? And shut the mouth and just listen to what he's saying, absorb it, and, and take it all in. And I, I think uh, Celtic supporters reading those comments would have been even more delighted waking up on on. Uh, well, yesterday wasn't it, uh, and seen that, and they're still smiling after the cut win. But that's just uh, that's the icing on the cake a wee bit, isn't it, Aidan? Yeah, it is really, and it just the the way the comments that Ange did make it did seem like so genuine, and really, it does does sound like you meant it. Obviously, you, anything can happen, right? We, we understand that, particularly with the rolling contract situation. Uh, but I don't think that really worries me as much as it once did because as it has been pointed out, and also I mentioned earlier, that is the way he's worked at a lot of clubs, either like, you know, a rolling contract or one, one, a two-year contract. So uh, that doesn't really phase me in terms of his future. But obviously, you can't really fully predict what's going to happen in football. But I think the club's in such a good place right now, I, I'd be very surprised if he was moving on any time soon, Tony. Derek Crawford, he is very clever and the best manager I have seen with the press, Tony. Yep, that goes far as to say I'm, he's certainly reaching that kind of status for myself. He's, I've said before, I've said it since day, well, not since day one, but since the first time I sat in front of him, listened to him. Just, he has a signpost that he tells you, he roadmaps it, and if you listen and tune in, then you can maybe get a handle on him and where he's coming from and kind of, he, he, he's a very he's very fond of the phrase he's not wired like that you know and a lot of people are going to get their wires crossed and maybe read them wrong but I try not to, I did it once I try not to <laughs> but hey, that was maybe just me getting to know him and he's workings but there you go now Aidan, another issue that has arisen today is the Asian Cup now, those dates have been announced and the Asian Cup will run from January the 10th to February the 12th. And uh, our man who's always on the ball, Sean, had written an article about it. I believe you're going to put it up on the site again. And Yes, yes, I will just throw that in now, Tony. Uh, put it up there so the comments. But the, the long and short of it is that Celtic could have a plethora of players away on international duty during the Asian Cup tournament, those players possibly being Daisen Maeda, Kyogo Furuhashi, Ryo Hitachi, and Yoki Kobayashi for Japan, Aaron Moy for Australia, and Ohyungu for South Korea. Sorry, I forgot about Tomoko, Tomoko Iwata, possibly as well, for uh, Japan. So 
that's seven players, Aidan, that Celtic could possibly be without. Now, the the break comes between the 3rd, January the 3rd, and the 19th SPFL winter break next year, doesn't it? Um, I think that's the, the dates, but yeah. now, as Sean said, it's become an issue, it might be a problem, but Celtic can request postponements, can't they? That's in the, the SPFL rulebook, that if they're impacted by uh, and the fact that the Asian Cup is within the FIFA regulations that the Celtic would have to release their players if they are called up, but they can also request postponements of games that, that the, the team will be impacted for if if uh, if that's allowed and that's if those players are called up. So, yep, it's certainly heading for a dilemma. Squad depth will be tested then, Aidan, very mm. much so. But as much as seven and the way things are going, you could see conceivably see all seven being called up. Yeah, I mean they're they're all performing really really well at the moment. Uh, maybe the only one I could maybe think would be Kobayashi. It might yes. be a wee bit of a, a step up. Obviously, I know there's a lot of football to be played between now and then, but just given his age, uh, and obviously Japan having a, a decent enough World Cup if they keep all the players fit. I mean, it might be a wee bit of a stretch for him, but the rest of the players could definitely be called up there, Tony. Uh, just a lot of them have already contributed so much this season, and uh, Owen Awata have looked positive since they've came in, so you'd imagine that over the sort of next six months into next season, they will be involved regularly. So, yeah, it, it could happen. Obviously, it is a while away, but it is something worth discussing, and I'm sure... Given the way that Andrew was speaking about the world planning for the World Cup, I think he said it was like six months in advance for all of the planning, what they're going to be doing during the break and the players that are going to be away in the lead up to it and the players that are going to be having to, you know, get a wee bit longer off when they came back to domestic football. So I'm sure that's already in the pipeline, to be honest. In terms of postponements now, I don't know what you think. If all those players are away, then I think Celtic would be entitled to postpone a game, to be honest. I couldn't imagine Andrew wanting to do like several postponements. Uh, I'm unsure on if there's an exact amount you're allowed to have, but you, that might be the odd one. You know, if every single one of them's away, Tony, I don't think that would be unfair. Would you agree with that? Well, without a doubt, uh, Derek Crawford coming in, that worries me big time, but Angel have a plan. Kevin Ferrier says, yes, Tony, you're right. Yep, more than four, gone yourself, says more than four. You can request postponements for more than four players being called up. So, yeah, I... But there's another... Uh, comment I wanted to flip up. Yep, Alan Woods. See, we always knew the Asian Cup was coming, so have the squad to cope. The winter break and Scottish Cup tie about then should cover most of it, which is a fair point. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Derek. And, and he's a clever man, isn't he? So he knows he knows the score and they will be taking precautions or they'll have a plan in place to see what to do when they, inevitably the, the squads are announced for the Asian Cup, and you know Angie starts on it being a former international manager. He wants his players to get international recognition, so he'll be encouraging his players to go and represent their uh, respective countries in a tournament which he won with Australia. That was Australia's first major uh, international tournament success. So I think Angie will be actively encouraging his, his, uh, his players to go on and represent their countries and, and try and win international honours and win a, a prestigious tournament. So, you, you know you know his thoughts on it. Will he have a plan? Of course he'll have a plan. He always has a plan, doesn't he, Aidan? Four or more, you can request postponements. It just depends what 
uh, what games are around then. The Scottish Cup ties usually around then, isn't it? We come back from the winter break and they usually do have a Scottish Cup tie, so that might absorb uh, one of your postponements if that, or, or sorry, might not need to postpone uh, depending if the draw is possibly king to you and you can, you know, you can cope with the squad that you have at your disposal. But yeah, Angel definitely have a plan for that and they'll probably probably just add better, say better players, but more players in to that uh, depth squad uh, and to cover the loss of such key and influential players in the summer. You know what you were saying, he always thinks uh, he's thinking a window ahead. So he's probably got a list of targets right now that can come in and maybe uh, offset that if all of those players do end up going away to the, the Asian Cup. Yeah, I've got no doubt, like you say, that he will have a plan, Tony. I mean, there'll have been what one more transfer window and you'll be in the midst of another one when that Asian Cup <laughs> runs around, so, comes around. Sorry. So, I mean, the hope, there'll have been an opportunity to bring in more players if needed, and I'm sure Celtic will. Obviously, you know, you don't know if players are going to move on as well during that spell, but, yeah, I, it just does seem to be planned so far ahead for everything, really. And the manager said that himself once again, you know, that's not us just speculating and hoping for the best. He's made that clear on his press conference, so it wouldn't surprise me if it's the case. And uh, I'm sure, really, from when he was bringing players in uh, next January, obviously, bringing another two Japanese players in, in Kobayashi and Awata, he would have been thinking, and he said, you know, out these guys are quality players. I want them to be playing at the highest level and get called up. And he does always speak well about international football in general, even when asked about Scotland and that, you know, he's always praised Stevie Clark and mm-hmm. that, etc. So it is also something that means a lot to him. Players are going to represent their country. And as you very well mentioned, the Asian Cup's got a special place for Ange, given that was sort of Australia's first and at the moment only major honour, yeah. uh, as far as I'm aware. So, yeah, he'll want the players to go and do well. And we'll, we'll just kind of need to play it by ear at the time. But I think the fact there's the summer transfer window and you'll be in the middle of the January window, as well as obviously as the commenters were pointing out, uh, the break, there's a two-week break within that period, then you come back with the Scottish Cup tie, which traditionally, I know it kind of can depend on the draw, but traditionally that's maybe a, a game that you play a slightly weaker team, or not weaker team, but guys get opportunities that aren't usually starting. So quite a lot of those players listed there, if I kind of go and assume they'll, they're still going to be key players come uh, next year, they might have been getting a break for that match anyway, Tony. So... Hopefully, with the dates and the fact it's by the looks of a Scottish Cup tie, that'll that'll break up a wee bit. What's the betting with draw Rangers? Even in that school, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> that's a time up, funny. Uh, one problem at a time, but one problem at a time. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm running down now to the bookmakers to put money on Celtic getting Rangers in that Scottish Cup draw. That's a certainty. I books as well. What, what do you think to that? You see, one problem at a time, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't want to too far ahead because <laughs> uh, uh, that that wouldn't. Well, maybe a bit of an interesting situation, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure Celtic are more prepared for it. But it's understandable something that obviously the fans would be concerned about, yeah. just given how many players you know we, we have from uh, that area of the world that will be taking place and taking part in that competition. Sorry. Yeah, and also as well, even it's been mooted and probably I think it's in the planning stages now that Celtic are going to go to the Far East and. Japan, but South Korea has also been added as a potential uh, stopover as well. And it's great news for the Japanese 
uh, players that go home and see their family, but also good news for O, so he can also go home and see his family as well. But I just think that's how you keep players really happy. And I think it's terrific that, and I guess the thought process is they're going, they're going that far, taking the two of them. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I, it was originally the reports were from Japanese media who, when it's came to you know transfer speculation, etc., have been pretty much on the money with the reports since Ange came. You know, if you think back to, I know Kyogo kind of just came out of nowhere in terms of him signing, but obviously Adeguchi, Maida, uh, and who else am I forgetting? Hitati. They, they, that was also getting speculated for a while. Same with Awata, same with Kobayashi. So if we're kind of taking it to that extent, we hopefully we'll kind of take that at face value. And it does look like that Celtic could be heading to Japan for a sort of round. It's been kind of described as like a kind of close season tour, but obviously the dates that were being kind of muted were, I believe, either the first or third week in July. Sure. Obviously, I know the season does finish a wee bit later if you get to the Scottish Cup final. It's the, the start of June, isn't it? But it yeah. would be more sort of a pre-season, the start of a pre-season uh, option if Celtic did win the league, so obviously they wouldn't have championship qualifiers. So I think it would be more sort of a start of the season thing rather than the end of it. But yeah, just in terms of obviously the players getting to see their families, that would also be brilliant for them. And like you like you say, Tony, that is another good way of sort of keeping squad morale strong, given yeah, there is such a large contingent that are also quite far away from sure. their families. So yeah, it would be interesting. The fact that uh, looking at the South Korean market as well does show you that I'm not daft, Tony. So yeah, look, that will be one just to keep an eye on. I'm, I'm sure, yeah. given how far we in advance we heard about the Australian tour, it wouldn't surprise me if something gets confirmed relatively soon about that. Yeah. So that we do have details, and I, I'm sure. Even though it is like Australia, very far away, Japan eh, and South Korea, the fans will be heading over again, no doubt. And Robert Kelly says he loves the idea of an Asian tour, keeps the players happy and gives the club a new revenue stream. I'm all for that. And then Pete King saying to me, Tony, don't get carried away, still to play Hearts. I know the Celtic still to play Hearts. I, I, no, I, I was talking about next season's Scottish Cup draw. Uh, Celtic will be in the hat for that draw. I wasn't talking about the fact that we're going to play Rangers at some stage during this competition because I know they've still got hats to play at Tynecastle. Tony, Tony was worrying about the exes. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about the fact that the, the Scottish Cup ties are smack bang in the midst of the, the Asian Cup and I was being flippant and saying what's the chances that Celtic will draw Rangers out of the hat at Ibrooks for that particular draw. That's what I was talking about, yeah. But indeed, we have got Hearts in the Scottish Cup quarterfinal. One, one game at a time, maybe. And the next one is St Mirren on Saturday. We'll preview that in full over the next couple of days. But looking forward to going back to Paisley, I have to say, Aidan. Uh, I'm glad you're looking forward to it, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, uh, given the last result there, it's a game that I've maybe got a wee bit of, not a concern about, but I think there's going to be an edge to it, is what I would say. Obviously, you you were you were there last time, and it wasn't the best game. I think me and you did the briefing on the Monday after it, and there's not been many days like that this season. But that was a, a bit of a tough one, so we're hoping for a wee bit more of a, a better afternoon this time round. I was talking on Monday though. I I like the fact that there's an edge to that. Keeps the players on their toes and keeps them sharp. And if they, you know, and Postecoglou said revenge is not 
anything that floats his boat or flicks his switch. He's not built that way. So, but I mean, the players will certainly want to make amends for the only loss so far this season. So, you, you you operate with small goals, don't you? Small individual targets and goals for each individual game. So, if they're of a mind, that that's a right. That, sorry, that's a wrong that they want to write. And I quite like that because it saves that kind of uh, you know come down after the high of the the League Cup. You know they're now ticking them off to hopefully another. A successive championship, you know, two in a row, and that that's kind of thing that motivates motivates players. You know, they've gone there before and lost this season, so let's not do it again. Fingers crossed, Tony. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, look, I do know what what you mean in terms of having a an added edge that maybe as a motivating factor for the players. And as as you mentioned, he, he's like you know just one game at a time. We just play our football. Don't really worry about what the other team's going to do. If we can play our maximum ability, then we'll get the job done. But yeah, it will be something that Celtic want to. Yeah, I seen somebody talking about exercising demons in the chat there. That may be a, a wee bit, a wee bit extreme, but they'll definitely want to improve on what they did last time there. But I think as we pointed out in that game, you know, I believe the centre back pairing was Stephen Welsh and Starfield. So sorry, not Starfield. Sorry, Stephen Welsh and uh, Maurice Jens. So. Since then, obviously, Jens has left and Welsh isn't really anywhere near it at the moment. So having Carter Vickers and Staff out there who have been performing excellent since Celtics came back from the World Cup break, also Kobe Ash is an option, uh, would hopefully uh, allow us to be a wee bit more solid defensively that day. Or to, on on uh, Sunday, sorry. <laughs> bit of a debate raging in the comments. Now, Sean said he would play in the grey strip, exercise the demons. On Monday, I'm sure he said it on Monday. Uh, lots of people saying no, the grey strip should be been never worn again. And Beach Boy saying they can't wear the hoops because of the clash so much white. So both teams will need to wear their second strip. So, uh, yeah, so your thoughts, Aiden, grey strip or not? Uh, <laughs> I'll be honest, uh, obviously, you would maybe have a different perception than me, Tony, because I know you were at the game, but. I know it was kind of online at the time that I, I was struggling to actually see at times what player was which with the two strips. Uh, now, I don't know if that was... I don't know if that is a issue on the pitch for the players sort of thing. Probably not. But when I was watching it at times, it was hard to actually see who was who. Outside of, obviously, who was attacking what goal. That kind of then made clear who was going forward. But... I, I didn't know. Really, I thought that was weird that that was able to happen. Will they wear this strip? I don't know. They've not worn it since, have they? No. I don't think. <laughs> uh, I it's going to be like one of those sort of things that you see kicking about classic football shots for like 800 quid a few years from now. Uh, so I might need one, Tony, to be honest. Uh, but look, in terms of straps, uh, it shouldn't really matter. Should that? I understand they'll not be able to wear the hoops because of the, the clash with the white. Maybe both teams will wear their second strips. That's also happened before. Uh, such as uh, away to Hibs, etc. So I uh, look, we'll, we'll just kind of need to play it by ear on that one. But hopefully, the strip doesn't dictate the result. <laughs> Alan would just get a great idea playing the Love Street '86 green strip. Indeed, I'm all for that, Alan. That's you can get them. You just you can get all those retro strips down the Celtic uh, shop selling them now, don't they? So just uh, just get that dusted off, Aidan, and wear that. Yeah, I mean that could be an option. <laughs> uh, just, honestly, anything that I want 
better than last time, Tony. Genuinely, it was just like I say. I, I mean, was it all right in the stadium watching? Obviously, you're a lot closer to it, but did it was it pretty clear? Was there a few times you were like, maybe not I, when they were going forward, but even when somebody was taking a throw in or something? Like that. I I remember very early thinking, why is the referee allowed this? And I turned. I can't remember who I was sitting beside, but it's not been wise after the event. I looked and. You know, I, as you can see, I've got four eyes, so my eyesight's not 20 20. I'm astigmatic, by the way, there's that's a condition, it's no uh, short sighted, but there you have it. And I, I remember looking and thinking, that's a clash, is it not? And uh, whoever was sitting beside me was kind of like, hmm, not too sure. And then as the game wore on, they were like, I see what you mean. And uh, so if it was a problem, then I don't think it should have been allowed, but I mean, I, I'm not blaming the strip for Celtic's loss that day, Celtic will just. Yeah, the office, you know, yeah. terrible, you know. But I, I don't know if at pitch level that it, it did cause problems with the players. But I could see and you're quite low down at St. Mern, kind of in the in their press box. So I could see from my vantage point that it was, it it looked like a problem. It was certainly a problem to me, you know. So that's me getting my excuses in as a journalist for things that I don't see. You know, I see, I see, my, I see. Quite a lot, but there are things I don't see. You know, it's funny because I've said before, you can sit in the press box, you can see Kyogo scoring on Sunday, and the first question you'll ask is, "Who played it to him?" <laughs> you know <what> I mean? yeah. <laughs> and you're, but you'll you'll know it was Greg Taylor scampering down there, right, and, and whipped it across because you've watched it. Yeah, yeah, you've yeah. watched it, and then you'll see Kyogo scoring again. Mind will be like, "Right, Kyogo's put it in the minute and all that," and then, and then you you know that kind of thing. And I've got, uh, you know, and I've got, I, I missed the first ever goal as a reporter, Hayden. I missed it because it was scored in nine seconds. And I was too busy giving it a bit of that. And Danny Ferry scored for Queen's Park after nine seconds. And I, and I missed it. He couldn't make it up, eh? Did the game um, end 1-0? No, it ended 4-0 to Queen's Park. At least you said uh, a bit more then. But, but I, the addendum to that is I, I asked Danny Ferry after it how it came about. And even Danny Ferry didn't know. Because there was wind and rain and all that, and Queen's Park, <clears throat> what happened was Queen's Park took centre. They had the wind and they just launched it, and the forward goalkeeper and central defender were kind of standing. The goal was about twenty yards out, and the defender was kind of ten yards out, and the ball bounced over the two of them. And Danny Ferry's just ran in the wind in the battle and rain and looked up, and the ball's rolling towards the goal line, <laughs> and he's ran in and he's hammered it in. And <clears throat> first ever game, when I've got my notepad, my pen, and all that, and didn't have a mobile phone. And I've looked up and Danny Ferry's running away. <laughs> and there was myself, a boy from the sun, and a guy from PA, and neither of none of the three of us seen it. <laughs> it's like incredible. Thankfully, my brother and my father were there who filled me in alongside a chant of sacked in the morning, you're getting sacked in the morning. So there you go. It's uh, a good claim to fame that as a journalist you missed the first ever goal that you that it was scored when you were covering a football match. 25 years later, I'm still here in living proof. You can fill all the people all the time. There you go. But hey, there you have it. Not missed much since, you know. So there you go. Even allowing for my four eyes, but uh, never mind. Anyway, we shall preview the St. Martin game, Aiden, at uh, great length, Thursday and Friday. Enjoyed that chat, Aiden. Very good. Uh, Celtic, yep. They might have problems come next January with lots of players being called up for the Asian Cup. 
but hey, that'll just be a measure of Celtic's success even with all the, with all those players getting recognised international duty and great to see Ange and his homeland being treated like the hero that he, he now is and on hopefully he continues that success and he stays around for a while it's indicated that he's going to stay around for a while so we take those words at face value don't we and, but thank you for your contributions thanks guys for your comments enjoyed that today wonderful wednesday we'll see you for a terrific thursday but before we go the usual evening subscribe to the celtic way website and support top quality football journalism covering the club you love costs you two pounds for two months of unlimited access to everything that's written on the website and you now all you do is hit hit a button www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe that's www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe aiden Lots of things on there. Something for everybody, isn't there? Yeah, uh, there's obviously, you know, big interviews with yourself, Tony. Uh, tactics pieces, uh, scouting pieces, columns from uh, one of our columns, Kevin McKenna. So, not whether, you know, tactics is your bag or you prefer more feature-related stuff, that there's plenty there. So, get yourself involved and subscribe if you haven't already. And we say thank you to Seneca. And Celtic Way Morning Briefing is now sponsored by Seneca Medical Group and Seneca are the number one hair transplant company in Europe and they offer innovative hair restoration treatments and you can find out more about Seneca via the links in the description of this video. Aidan, thanks very much, appreciate it, top day, uh, enjoy your day, whatever you're up to guys and we'll see you all again tomorrow, take care. Cheers guys.